free community college would be really good at enabling the tech economy. Like you'd, you'd get you'd get paid mm, back. That's a good argument that I haven't heard. I just, I just made it up right here. But I mean, you'd get a huge return on that investment because more people would be able to be more productive, just flat out. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Hi, Paul. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the Stack Overflow podcast. Welcome, everyone. So I have a couple of stories here we could chit-chat about that I pulled off the old web ski. Migrating Puppeteer to TypeScript. Sarah, we're a .NET shop, and I know we've talked a bunch about TypeScript before. Is it normal for you know big companies like Google or Microsoft, Amazon or Facebook to pick up each other's tools and languages like this when they're really good? And does that mean something to have them like you know, blend together like that, or it's just, you know, it's fine to take somebody else's tool and run with it when it's working well. Wait, who's using TypeScript? The Chrome DevTools engineering blog told me this morning that they're migrating Puppeteer to TypeScript because mm. they love it so much. And I know TypeScript we've talked about a lot. Yeah, I think it's it, when those tools become best practice in the industry, it's kind of hard to avoid right. it. And I don't even know that you people do avoid it. Because it's open source, right? If it was proprietary, then it would be a lot harder. Go, is, when, a good, Go is a good example there, right? Like there's Go. Yeah, the great example. They, they get a little bit. React is another one. Like people yep. have a lot of both sort of personal reactions to, to Facebook and a lot of competitors, but everybody uses React. It is seen as slightly outside. And frankly, if Facebook said we're never going to support React again, it would be fine. Yeah, people would step up. Yeah, yeah, so I yeah. I think it's yeah. that. Like it's you're in a you're in a position where it's like, okay, here's TypeScript. We have we have all the code. And if Microsoft had suddenly said out of the blue, we never want to touch this thing again, you'd still be able to get the benefits and update the code base. So it's a calculated risk. That yeah, must be nice is. for like software engineers because then you can move between any of the big companies. Like there are these, there are these universal tools that are the, like you said, the best practice. And so they're used across all of them. Yes. Yeah. This is a complicated thing about open source, right? Which is that that you know, there are people who are, are working on new licenses that maybe would make it impossible for the military to use your code and, and sort of thinking those things through. But in general, once it's in the commons, anyone can pick it up and manipulate it. And so there's huge advantages to that kind of cultural flexibility, including cooperation between enormous organizations that normally have absolutely no place or way to cooperate. And it sort of supports and, and, you know, like Microsoft doing TypeScript is overall a net good for our industry. And ideally, it will bring more people towards, you know, better, clearer code, regardless of your opinions and thoughts on Microsoft. And, and so <laughs> like that, but the regardless part is because it's open source. You actually can have, you, you can kind of forget Microsoft and focus on TypeScript. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, it's really neat because of the open source nature of it. There's a lot of natural trust and you can mm. make it through a lot of the uh, procurement process because everything is open. Oh, that's interesting. I have another story I wanted to bring up. Uh, it was written by Charity Majors, and we put it up on the blog this week. It did really well. So the premise here is everyone talks about CI, CD all the time, but everybody is really just talking about CI and not really focusing on CD, even though in the end, that's you know something you need to have that clear path or you're going to end up in a lot of trouble. Yeah, what do you think about that premise? Is that something you've experienced? Let's let's define what those things are. It's a process and methodology designed to make sure all the code you merge to main is deployable at the time by testing and deploying it automatically after every diff. What does CI stand for? What does CD stand for? Uh, so we're talking about continuous integration and continuous delivery. And they're saying that, so the integration is I put it into GitHub. 
Yeah, I put it into GitHub. I merge it with the things. <laughs> and the delivery is I ship the app. Yeah, yeah. And I think one does lead to the other. But I often see people be purposeful about the first one and less purposeful mm -hmm. about the second one because it's a tough problem to solve unless you're focusing on them both together. The first one definitely does get prioritized. Well, you need a product manager who is focused on driving the product to the customers in mm. collaboration with the engineering team at that same pace, right? And that, that is actually like an engineering culture where everybody's co coordinating on Slack. There, there's kind of no other dependencies aside from we're going to make the product better. We're going to, we're going to meet our goals. Maybe we have a process here that helps us do that. They're chatting and they go, okay, I'm going to push it. And someone goes, and the process is literally looks good to me. They give it the thumbs up and now you have continuously mm -hmm. integrated. It goes in. The tooling is great. That next button where it goes out with development notes or it goes to, you know, a lot of large orgs still have UA and testing where before things hit customers, they want, you know, classic scripts to be run, so on and so forth. That product manager role, which can come from inside of engineering, I, I feel that that is kind of a great undiscovered country in most very large orgs where, you know, they need to get stuff into production, but there are these certain barriers that show up and that person who, that, that level of process and that simplicity of like, looks good to me and out it goes, isn't quite the same as it yeah, is. Yeah. And as an engineer, engineering. my motivation, I mean, not to oversimplify things, but there's a big motivation for me to want to integrate my code. Like I, I definitely want to ship at some point, right? Like I, I want to ship, but do I care about shipping as much as I'm integrating with code? Do I care about how often? I mean, I'm just kind of, I kind of no, care that's not that your I'm job, shipping. right? Your job yeah, is yeah, not, yeah. Right. your job is to make a really good, your, your job is to make the product good, but not necessarily get it in front of the users. And mm. that's product job. And again, can be technical product that doesn't have to be like some magical product or program manager coming in from yeah. somewhere. But it's like, so, you know, I mean, one way to solve this is like once is to give engineering full responsibility for quality and to say, right. uh, and to automatically deploy. A lot of the sites, uh, a lot of the new tools like Netlify or some of the Vercel tools kind of do that for you. Once they see that the CI is done, they auto deploy often to a branch, um, if you're in a branch and out it goes into the world. And then once you, you merge with the main branch, it goes out fully into production. And so mm -hmm. uh, what you have is, is auto deployed branches as the equivalent of the staging and testing server. And then yeah. everyone in the org, frankly, this is how we do it at work. Everyone in the org has that responsibility. We don't do a lot of QA. Yeah, that was my question. Yeah. No, it's owned by the team. You know, you want a well-architected platform that's highly testable, automated, but frankly, product engineering and design need to be in there looking and taking full ownership. Clicking around. Yeah. And there's a million people who will tell us that's wrong, but I would actually argue yeah. that. Yeah. Our defect I'm interested is in having that conversation. Do you find that the onus comes on product and design to do a lot of the QA in that case? No. No. Engineering takes responsibility. It's, a, yeah. it's, it's not even, these aren't big teams you're using. If you have the, a concept of an app is 36,000 separate interconnected components, each one of which must be tested before deployment, you've introduced unbelievable friction, right? Like a little common sense, like here's what we're deploying. We need to make sure it works. We didn't touch any of this over here means that, you know, somebody running a script for, for three days, two days after deploy, after staging goes live is not isn't necessary. It just isn't. You know, this is to me one of those things like, okay, I'm trying to think of a good example, but like, you know, the old school QA culture is a reaction to how engineering used to work. And 
the cost of change and repair is very low. You know, I mean, this isn't, we're not building space shuttle software here. There is, you need to make sure, you know, database integrity is, it can be assured in a lot of ways. And so like data integrity to me would be the, the one thing that you want to be absolutely paranoid about. You can't mess up user records or have privacy challenges and so on. So you're going to take a lot more time and care, but ideally you're not changing your schema very much. You might be moving a widget, updating a design, so on and so forth. And there are very understandable frameworks for saying I did a good job or not and for people looking over each shoulder and taking responsibility. And utterly, you just have to take responsibility. Like a, you know, a director of engineering sees something that isn't good and says, I don't want that out. You can't do that, and here, let's fix it, right? And that, right. and then you incentivize that. You know, the people who say, I made it good, improve it, are the ones who get the rewards in the organization. Yeah. And it's a pretty good culture. I found that developers, well-intentioned or not, aren't always the best at finding issues with their, especially on front end. Do you have a lot of front end testing or do you feel like you have a, you've worked on a culture that that level of responsibility has driven developers to become a little bit better at their own QA? You can ask people to take responsibility for their own work. You really yeah. can't. I don't like that engineering culture where it's like, well, I did the code. Uh-uh. Yeah, uh-uh. that makes like, sense. I, mean, yeah, I, I don't usually go into that, that mode when I'm talking about my work as a boss, but it's like, come on, yeah. no, it's good. It will be good. You must make it good. And if you didn't yeah. make it good, why do you, why bother? Like, go program somewhere else. And so it actually, like, the, the organization is set up. I don't hire engineers. Our engineering team does. Yeah. But the organization is set up for that filter. Um, we actually, we're one of the places, we do a paid code sample when people apply. And it's a way for us to see the care that people have when they're I like that. Friend. There's nothing perfect in hiring. There is no perfect solution. But paid code sample is at least like we respect your time. You got through filter one. Let's make sure that this is meaningful. We try to keep the challenges you know, somewhat interesting for people who like the work. Paul, what you said about the automation in the branch makes a lot of sense. Because in this story, it was saying most deploys you know, are run by hand at some intermediate interval after the code was written. And so then you're kind of divorced from it. And it gets worse because a lot of people's work goes in. It's all batched together. And so, you know, there might be changes in there that had nothing to do with the what you said. You know, I, oh, I wrote it well. The code is good. So it'll work in production. But, you know, you have to bring, I think you said, like together as a team and own it front to back, right? You know, in, in, as I'm saying all this, I, I know that there are developers <laughs> and engineering leads standing up in their chairs saying, you got to hell, buddy. You don't know anything. You should have seen That's what I had to do with that sales force. I'm sitting yeah. here. Throw out strong opinions. Send That's us emails, point. right? Like, I mean, you know, <laughs> I did a Salesforce integration five years ago. You know, like, I get it. Like, I actually get it. <laughs> but I swear, I swear to you on the deity that you prefer to, to think about that you can have high quality software with the ownership of the team being the main driver of quality. Ella M. Hoff's inauguration coat is my new. Um, <sighs> that my was a good one. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So for people who don't know, uh, and I'm going to assume this really applies to Sarah, and it also applies to me and my cohort. Ella M. Hoff is the second gentleman's daughter from his first marriage. And she lives in Bushwick, Brooklyn, which is kind of where cool kids go. And yeah. Oh. She's cool. She's crunchy and she knits and she made her own code. Sarah, how would you describe the code? Uh, it's outstanding. It's like a hound. It's like a, it's not a houndstooth. It's like a plaid. There's a, I'm sure there's a word for this type of plaid. It's like it has gems throughout the shoulders and the top of it and just like an absolutely fabulous collar. It was bedazzling. No one is cool yeah. in politics. Yeah. And it was just like this moment of actual sort of crunchy coolness that you, yeah. just, you just never see. <laughs> Although I was immediately thrown back to the TV show Veep. 
the daughter has some aspects like that. But regardless, she did a cool eyebrow waggle. And it's just, you know, I'm happy to have some knitting back in our I never hive. thought I'd say that. Yeah. Right. Just, let's, you know, let's knit more. We need it. It's also fun when, yeah, the kids in the White House are a little bit embarrassed about it. Like they feel awkward. I, I enjoy that relationship. It's kind of like, ugh, dad, I get it. You're the president. I get it, dad. I get it, mom. <laughs> I mean, your uncool lawyer. <laughs> I mean, imagine how exhausting it is because you'd be like, well, I, you know, I really do want to go see, you know, whatever band. And they're like, yeah. well, let, let me talk about the parameter. I mean, just like, oh, God. Oh, God. You know oh, what yeah, I You want to go on a date and the Secret Service is behind oh. you? And you're cool. Like, you're actually cool. You just want to go to a warehouse party yeah. and, like, <laughs> see, a, see, like, a noise band play. The one that I have the most respect for is I, I'm very – I grew up in Pennsylvania. I've been mm. uh, Joe – Southeastern PA. I've been Joe Biden proximate literally my entire life. There's never wow. been a – a time in my life when I wasn't fully aware of Joe Biden. And I have heard a lot of those stories, you know, probably 36,000 times. And I look at Jill Biden, Jill, who is able to yeah. sit there and hear him like talk about driving a car for the 400,000th time. And I'm like, that is, <laughs> what that is the stability and firmness that our country truly needs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know how many times, and I wonder what she thinks about, like, I think she's grading papers in her brain. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And teachers are always very patient people, I find. Yeah, she is. And she's a big fan of community colleges, which actually, let's bring it back to our world, right? Like, that is a place where lots of people are learning to code um, along with, mm. with boot camps and stuff like that. Like, these are really integral parts of getting technologists into the economy. Community colleges, yes. boot camps, there's them. a org I advise called Vetu Code that I love, which is focused mm, on getting Yeah, this. great one. I would love to see more emphasis on that. Like that is how you, you don't empower this economy, the tech economy necessarily by releasing lots of new software, you know, at a high level or, or partnering with Microsoft. You do it by getting people to learn JavaScript. And yeah, like, more developers. That was sort of like the the angry rebuttal meme is like, why don't you learn to code? And it's like, well, I can't just afford to go, you know, stop my job and get educated. But that would be something kind of amazing if they did going forward, you know, some sort of incentives for areas like that where there are a lot of unfilled jobs. Like there's a, there's more open positions than there are people you can. I mean, you could really argue that what our industry needs, because there is a tremendous need for new developers. And, and there's actually just sort of needs for more people with development skills in a lot of roles, right? Like not just programmers, but people who can do good work with Airtable and good work in yeah. just a little bit of light data management. All right, everybody, it's that time of the week. I'm going to read a Lifeboat Badge winner. Convert negative data into positive data in a SQL server. Thank you to Abdul Sabur, awarded January 18th. We'll throw that one in the show awesome. notes. So thank you, Abdul. I am Ben Popper, Director of Content here at Stack Overflow. You can always find me on Twitter at Ben Popper and email us podcast at stackoverflow.com. If you listen to the show and you like it, please do go leave a rating and a little review on all the platforms where you listen to podcasts. It helps out a lot. Like and subscribe. I'm Sarah yes. Chips, our objective community here at Stack Overflow, and you can find me at Sarah Joe on GitHub. Hey, and I'm Paul Ford, friend of Stack Overflow. Check out my company, Postlight, and wow, are we hiring? If I didn't completely alienate you with my opinions on QA, uh, you want to take <laughs> some ownership over quality in your role as an engineer, front end, back end, please, please check us out, postlight.com slash careers. That's right. Go get that paid interview. 
You take That's it as right. many times as you want. That's well. That's no, right. no, no. No, actually, forgot that part. <laughs> <laughs> All right.